Welcome to Horror Nights in Podcasts with me, your host, Crystal, where I talk about anything and all horror. On this podcast, I give you my honest and horrific opinion on a different horror movie every week. I drop spoilers. I never lie. I always keep it real. Sometimes I have specials. Sometimes I have co-hosts. To keep up with all things horror and the Horror Nights in Podcasts, please join my Twitter family at HorrorDaddiesRS and my Instagram family at Horror Nights in Podcast. We have a ton of fun over on both places, and I love interacting and chatting with you guys, so please make sure you follow and subscribe and all the above. Um, so, and also be sure to follow my podcast on whatever app you use. I am available for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube, which is also in the works. So, before we get into this episode of Horror Nights and Podcasts, and also our March Madness movie winner, I have a couple things I want to talk about, because that's what I do on my podcast. So, first things first, I want to give a shout out to my friends... Over at the podcast, the Mortuary Podcast. So I uh, just recently found these guys actually because um, they're on my Patreon. So the Mortuary Podcast is an immersive discourse into the occult, paranormal, and conspiracies of the world. So the hosts of their show, uh, Brock and Tanner, um, they upload an episode every week as they reveal what goes bump in the night. So I do enjoy their episodes, and I do like uh, the idea of how they talk about conspiracies. Um, because if you guys listen to my previous episodes, you know that I am obsessed with conspiracy theories. Now, do I believe them? I'm not really sure. But of course, it's just fun to see what other people think of certain, you know, things that happen all over the world, whether it's, you know... Um, like the Mandela effect and things like that. Um, and the consp- oh, obviously the government conspiracy, um, thing what actually, uh, goes well within to the topic of this podcast, because, uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but you can find them, um, on iTunes. Um, they also have a website. It's called the mortuary Um, and obviously they are on Twitter too at mortuary podcast. Um, I really like the, uh, dynamics of their, um, the way that they have like their YouTube videos, um, and the way that they, um, I don't know. It just, it's just, it's very visually appearing, appealing. And I feel like everything on their, on their Twitter and everything on their website is super well done. And it's definitely goals for when I eventually, um, am able to make my own website, but it's, it's really cool. It's very professionally done. And if you guys uh, are not familiar with this podcast, I definitely go check it out. Uh, they're great. They're really funny. Um, and they talk about a bunch of different things. And, um, so yeah, go check them out. They're great. They're awesome. Awesome. They are horror nights and podcast approved. <laughs> um, so let's see. I guess before we get into the episode, talk about my week. My week was kind of shitty. 
Uh, I actually had, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that I had a really, really bad migraine. Um, and I get hit with them eh, every couple months, um, maybe every few months. Um, and I'm just down for the count for like three days. Like the migraine will set on and then I literally physically, emotionally, mentally cannot do a fucking thing when these things hit. And it's uh, hereditary because uh, my dad gets them. Uh, my little sister now gets them. Um, and I, I honestly don't even know what triggers them. I've been getting them since I was 13, so it sucks. Um, but yeah, uh, for three days, well, at least Tuesday, I got it at like 10 o'clock in the morning and I had to leave work. And then I went home and I slept and then I woke up and I felt a little bit better. So I ate and then I went back to sleep and I woke up the next day to go to work on Wednesday. And I literally could only make it till like noon because it was, I was still in this weird funk. And, um, even yesterday too, like you get this weird, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's called a brain fog. And I feel like I get it after, um, I, so after you have a migraine, it's called post-drum. So it's basically the side effects and the after effects of the migraine. Um, so you feel very dizzy. You have, you could even have a small headache here and there. Um, you kind of feel like out of it. You really, it's hard to concentrate. Um, and I woke up on Tuesday morning and I felt fine. I went to work and then all of a sudden an hour into work, I just felt really, or I didn't feel anything. My eyes started to get the eye floaters. Uh, if you guys get migraines, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't get migraines, you're super, super lucky because they fucking suck. Um, so today I feel a little bit, I'm feeling a lot better, definitely like 80% better than I have all week. Um, and I was really worried because I was like, Oh my God, I have so many podcasts I have to do this week. Um, but it's okay though, because, um, I slept and I ate and I drank a shit ton of water and I'm literally drinking water like right now. Like I have my water right here. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely staying hydrated because a lot of the times I think one of the reasons why I get migraines is because I'll work out. I work out like I work out like six days a week. So <laughs> I work out. Yeah, I do work out quite a lot during the week. And sometimes I don't drink enough water. And I think that's definitely one of my triggers. And it's also starting to get warmer over here on the East Coast of uh, the United States of America um, in the Philadelphia region. It's been a, in the high higher 60s the past two days. Um, so everything is starting to come alive and I get really bad allergies and I get really bad sinus infections. So I'm just a whole fucking treat when it comes to the weather and the, the pressure and, and all that great stuff. I just love it. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think... Yeah, um, St. Patrick's Day is on Sunday. There's a festival in the town I live in. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I feel like doing that. That means I got to interact with people, and I don't really know if I want to do that. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so as you guys know, uh, it is March Madness Movie Month. Um, we are now in the third week, and the winner for this week is uh, Jacob's Ladder. Um, if you guys do not follow me on Twitter, I really urge you to because um, 
the episodes that I, or I'm sorry, uh, the, the movies that I have been doing the entire month of March have been your choices alone. And I have nothing to do with this. I put up the polls and the only thing I have control over the polls is the names of the movie and how long it is. And literally that's it. Everything else is up to you guys. So this is, we are now in the third week of March movie, uh, March madness movie month. I am going to be putting it up, up an updated bracket for you. Um, and so we'll know. And then the last week of March, it's going to be like a crazy voting bracket thing. And then we're going to know who the winner is by the end of it all. Um, also, um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know that obviously the winners are on my regular podcast. But don't worry. I'm treating the losers with the same respect. Um so the losers, I do this in quotes, you can't see me because I don't believe that any of these movies are losing because I'm still covering them as podcasts. Now, you're probably wondering where these podcasts are. Well, um, if you join my Patreon, you can listen to these episodes. So it's basically like two episodes every single week that you guys are going to get um, if you join the Patreon. Um I believe it's only the five buck tier, um, $5 a month, and you can get an extra four bonus episodes. Um, There's also a bunch of other stuff too. I'm going to start to dabble into commentary tracks. I don't know how great they'll be, guys. I I listened to maybe a few commentary tracks here and there, but nothing with a film critic. It's mostly just the actors and the actresses and the production team. But at the same time, I don't want to be like everybody else. Obviously, I'm not. I do this show completely by myself. And I don't really know a lot of other podcasters out there who do do their shows by themselves. I mean, I know there are a ton, but I'm just saying, in my circle of family, um, I'm kind of a lone wolf, a lone woman wolf, so to speak. Um, but yeah, anyways, <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, so uh, yes, for if you join my Patreon, um, you'll get a ton of bonus episodes, mini episodes, commentary tracks, a whole bunch of stuff on there. Go check it out. Um, just go to patreon.com and look up Horror Nights in Podcast. Um, and obviously the link is always here for you wherever you're looking. And it's also on my Twitter. Um, and I did launch my Instagram this week, as you could hear from the beginning. Um, I do have my own personal Instagram, but I feel like it was time that uh, I made my own Instagram for the podcast just because Instagram is free. And Kim and Ket, Stay Alive, wanted to tag me in something during the week, and I didn't have an Instagram. So I just want all the platforms that I can get for free for now. <laughs> so, um, yep, definitely join. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. I literally just started it yesterday, my Instagram or a couple days ago, I'm sorry. And my Patreon too for lots of bonus episodes and things. So um, I am going to be adding things to my tiers for Patreon, but there's a lot of guidelines and things that I have to make sure that I don't, um, that I, I make sure I, I follow. Um, so I'm in the in the works of adding some stuff in there. But uh, I think that's it for right now. Um, as before I went on a complete tangent, obviously the winner of March Movie Madness this week is Jacob's Latter. So, uh, I had never seen this movie before. Um, I've obviously heard this movie too. It's kind of like the same thing last week with Requiem for a Dream. I had never really, or I had obviously heard of the movie, um, 
because I don't live under a rock or anything. But um, Jacob Slaughter is the same thing. I've heard of this movie, but I've never really understood, or I never watched it. Um, so this week was actually the first time I ever watched this movie. So, oh, in this movie, you guys are fucking killing me this this month with these movies. Um, so obviously, we're going to be discussing Jacob's Ladder. I'm going to give you the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb rating. I'm going to give you a short synopsis. And then we're going to go into um, a dissection, kind of like we did with Black Swan. We're going to go over a lot of the themes and the symboli- symbolism and... Um, how I interpreted this movie, what I actually think that what the fuck is going on and just my overall opinion. So this, this month of movies has been nuts. Like I have never delved this deep into the psyche of anything in my entire life other than when I maybe when, when I was in college and I took like abnormal psych and like introduction to psychology. But other than that, like most horror movies, at least the ones that I feel like I do are pretty straightforward. Like there's not really any huge meaning. I mean, there, I mean, there is, there's always, there's always a lesson to learn whether you're watching Requiem for a dream or if you're watching Halloween. I mean, but, but for the most part, the movie, the horror movies that I I do on a regular basis don't particularly have this much depth in them. And I'm not complaining at all. I love the fact that I'm doing something completely different because it's extremely challenging for me as well. Um, Because I don't know everything that has to do with all the different symbolisms and themes in these movies. And, you know, I have to look a lot of things up and I have to talk to a lot of people. I have to gather people's opinions and I have to, you know, make sure that I'm not offending anybody, especially when it comes to drug addiction and things like that. So it's definitely a lot. This month is a lot harder and challenging, but in a good way, because, you know, as I said, it's a lot of things that I didn't quite understand, and it's a lot of things that I had to make sure that I looked up. So, um, also, I'm sure you just heard Roxy, my cat, meow in the background. She was sleeping soundly, and now she's awake and wants to see what I'm doing. So, I apologize if you hear her meowing and or her collar jingling with her little bell. So, anyway, Jacob's ladder. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a 71% with 84% of the audience liking it, and IMDb gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, Jacob Slaughter was released November 2nd, 1990, with a running time of 113 minutes, and it was directed by Adrian Lin, and was also directed, uh, who also directed Fatal Attraction and Lolita. Um, and it was written by Bruce Joel Rubin and Joel Blasberg. So this quick synopsis of this movie is... Um, Mourning his dead child, a haunted Vietnam War veteran attempts to uncover his past while suffering from a severe case of dissociation. To do so, he must decipher reality and life from his own dreams, delusions, and perceptions of death. Um, so as I said, as I did with Black Swan and Requiem for a Dream, I'll be delving into more of the themes and symbolism of the film rather than going into a detailed summary of the movie because... Um, I feel like a lot of people already know what this movie is about, and a lot of people already kind of have their own opinion on this movie, and I'm hoping you're listening to my podcast trying to see what I think and see how it differs. Um, So even though this movie barely broke even at the box office, it has come to be a huge influence on many different movies like The Sixth Sense and even video games like one of my favorite video games, Silent 
hill. So I do, uh, I've never physically played this game before, but obviously I have seen a lot of people play this game. I watch a lot of gameplay on YouTube, especially horror movie gameplay, because I think it's it reminds me a little bit of a horror movie, and I also like to see all the different jump scares and things like that. Um, so I do know a lot, a lot of inspiration of Jacob's Ladder actually went into Silent Hill. Um, I believe the main character, his initials are the same um, as Jacob's, and his uniform is also his military uniform in Silent Hill is also the same as Jacob's. So. And even when they get into the um, the hell, the hospital scene, um, a lot of that has to do um, with the video game as well. It even has the same kind of colors, the same kind of lighting. Um, I do really like the Silent Hill movie. Um, it's super fucking creepy, but it's so good. And I love the fact that, um, <laughs> of course, it was um, it was either based off of or the movie itself on Centralia, which is actually in Pennsylvania. And I actually will be going there this summer. So definitely keep in... Um, Definitely stay tuned for that because that's going to be really cool. It's not super duper far from me. Um, so I think that's also a reason that this that Silent Hill fascinated me was because the movie um, was because of the Centralia and things like that. Um, I thought that was awesome. So I'm really excited. Me and my significant other are actually going to take a trip there this summer. Um, and if you're not familiar with Centralia, it is basically... A coal steam fire that has been burning underneath the borough of Centralia, Pennsylvania, United States, since at least May 27th, 1962. The fire is suspected to be from deliberate burning of trash in the form of um, strip mine igniting a coal seam. Um, the fire is burning in underground coal mines at depths of up to 300 feet over an eight-mile stretch of 3,700 acres. Um, at its current rate, it continued to burn for over 250 years. So the town, obviously, um, is abandoned. But there apparently there are, from what I've read, there are people that still live there. Um, and obviously when, when my significant other and I go, be respectful because I actually did look it up. I was like, can you even go here? Like, is there trespass? Is this considered trespassing? Like, I'm not trying to get arrested. <laughs> um, but I did read online that apparently it's, it's fine. Uh, you just have to be respectful of the people that still live there. Um, so yes, stay tuned for that. Um, so yes, yeah, Silent Hill, great game, great movie. So the themes of this movie, there's there's a ton. Um, we have ambiguity, PTSD, shell shock, shell shock syndrome, military care for after war, hell, purgatory, government conspiracies, depression, guilt, and religion. Um, so ambiguity. I can't even say the word. <laughs> uh, ambiguity is the quality of being open to more than one interpretation, which is literally this entire movie. Because when I feel like when I watch this movie, I have one way that I believe it is, and and you could, and then you could literally be sitting next to somebody else, and they could have a completely different interpretation of this movie. So it's really up to how you see it. Um, so the film begins in Vietnam, um, October 6th, 1971, and we are introduced to Jacob's platoon of men who all have different beliefs. Um, so it looks like they all have different, uh, religions and are seemingly worn down and have, so they've seen some shit. I mean, the one guy doesn't even have a shoe. We can tell they're dirty. They're tired. They're probably hungry. They're probably thirsty. Um, 
so we then see that the area where the soldiers um, are being attacked. Um, so uh, the men are having seizures. They're spinning up blood. Um, but then the scene immediately cuts Jacob on the subway. So we're not really sure if he's having like a flashback, if he's having a dream, if this is even real, if it's a memory, um, if everything's kind of both mixed together. Because it seems like the guys, the platoon was fine. And then all of a sudden something started attacking them. Um, and Jacob actually gets stabbed and right as he gets stabbed is when he wakes up on the subway. Um, so this is when we meet Jacob Singer who immediately starts seeing things and we as an audience, of course, um, and of course, Jacob, we have no idea what's real. We have no idea what's fake. It's kind of all inter intertwined within each other. Um, but immediately we have this ominous sense that something just isn't right. Um, he is seeing subway advertisements for death and hell. Um, we, he also has a strange lady staring at him in the other subway cart. And then we see that he's talking to a homeless man. Um, but then the homeless man has some kind of weird tail coming out of his coat. Um, also when he wakes up, there is a book that he's reading called the stranger, which is about a man who refuses God in a public execution and has, has to come to terms with his death. Um, now I just need to take a second and thank the internet and thank YouTube for all of these things that I missed when I was watching the movie. Of course, I picked up on a lot of it, but for the most part, um, I like to watch the movie and then do my research after I watch the movie, kind of come up with my own thing. But I do have to thank YouTube and, and the internet for some, for a lot of these things that I missed, especially the book thing. I didn't notice that until I went back and, and watched a YouTube video on it. Um, so this is where all the themes sort of come together for the film, and we see glimpses back as we continue watching. Uh, this film is also, all, of course, Jacob's point of view. Um, we see that Jacob now gets off onto Bergen Street, but is essentially trapped, and the only way um, to get out of the subway is to follow the light down the tunnel. So immediately we have symbolism. How many times have you guys heard somebody say, you just gotta follow the light, just follow the light? you know when you die um the symbolism in the film crazy um jacob then mer merely misses getting hit by a train as he's walking towards the light down the subway um so as the train the subway hits him um we see just faceless people inside and then as um the subway rolls away <laughs> um we see the train conductor has a very eerie face on and he does this really creepy like wave smile to Jacob as, as it's continuing down its path. Um, so a thing that, that um, the internet possibly said that this could be um, the souls that, that um, this could represent the souls being carted off to their ultimate resting place. Um, because I know there is this, uh, in Greek mythology, um, when Hades, I believe, picks up the, there's like a river of, of dead, um, things like that. Like this is, it's a, it's a big interpretation. I, I interpret it more as, um, kind of the souls being, being taken off into, into hell. Um, that's how I kind of looked at it. Um, we also meet Jezebel, who is um, his love interest in the movie, um, but is also a representation of evil as well. 
Um, she literally burns his memories and um, she even plays a nurse in the hospital of hell scene. Uh, her character in the Bible is actually a queen who is known for murder, prostitution, and an enemy of God by the same name. Um, so as I said, guys, the, <laughs> there is so much symbolism and religion in this movie it definitely took me some time to really understand what this was and to do a ton of research because half these things I didn't even realize until I started reading things about this movie and, and, and reading reviews and film critics and watching things. Um, so we also learned that Jacob has lost his son, Gabe, who died in a car accident right before Jacob was to leave for Vietnam. Um, Jacob is becoming relentlessly torment tormented by his guilt of Gabe's death. Um, he continues to see the reappearing bicycle. Um, and also the song that Jacob keeps singing, um, he's singing, he's like humming it in the, he's also a postal worker too. So as he's working, he's humming this song. We also hear it come from a music box. Um, the song is called Sony Boy. Uh, or Sonny Boy, and it's actually uh, about a father who's losing his son to the angels before because the angels grew lonely. Um, also, another thing, thank you, Internet, for that. Um, so I thought that was so morbid, but also extremely interesting that that our main character Jacob is literally humming and singing a song that that continues to 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 make its appearance in this movie and it's about a son or it's about a father who loses his infant son um which is the premise of this entire movie um is the guilt. So as the movie progresses, we still have no idea if Jacob's reality is real or which reality is real. Um so as we get to the end of the movie, we do get some answers um, that all these realities were actually in Jacob's head the whole time um, when we see him die in the hospital unit in Vietnam after he gets stabbed. Um, so we also know that each character in this film plays an intricate part of Jacob's story. His chiropractor, who I think is a pseudo-guardian angel, um, explains heaven and hell to Jacob as he is fixing Jacob's back. He explains that if we continue to cling on to the material things, that those are uh, those are the parts of our soul that burn in hell, which which does make sense. It also suggests we need to accept that we are powerless in our lives and that our lives have their own course and will run as long or short as necessary. Once Jacob accepts this, uh, we see that he is with Gabe and he's being led up to the staircase slash ladder slash into heaven. So I interpreted all of this in order for us as humans, to enter true salvation, we must burn away our material lives on earth and truly accept that we are dead and are continuing on to a better place, our true home and our true salvation. So I know that, <laughs> I know that was a lot. Um, but yeah, like I said, a lot of you have already seen this movie and you're listening to my podcast because you want to know my interpretation of it. Um, so yes, as I said throughout the movie, there are a ton of different things going on. Um, so another thing that I read um, was that every time you see a coin in the movie, somebody actually dies. And coins are a part of Greek mythology. Um, if you put coins over a dead person's eye for them to pay their fare in the underworld. Um, and like I said, every time we see a coin, someone in the movie dies. There's one scene where there's a quarter on the ground. Jake goes to pick it up. And it slides away and goes into his, his military buddy's car and the car blows up. Um 
also, as I said, it plays the the film plays on different religions and the belief on life and death, um, and the transition between life and death, and whether our where our souls go, whether we're reincarnated. Um, so we have a lot of Greek mythology, uh, Judaism, Christianity. Um, the title of the film is actually a reference to the Genesis, where Jacob dreams about a stairway to heaven. It also, um, I also found something else out that was kind of interesting. It also might be in correlation with Jacob's spine, um, which leads to heaven. Um, so the spine obviously connects to the, to the brain and the penile gland, which is why he complains of back pains and he sees the chiropractor, AKA the studio of garden angel, garden angel, uh, which I had mentioned earlier. Um, so also along with, um, the movie as it continues we see there's actually four different worlds that are kind of all intertwined all at once so obviously as my podcast and my notes are this movie is all over the place um so we have um his past which is vietnam um we also have the past with his wife and his son um and then we have the present with Jezebel. Um, and then we also kind of have the present slash future of hell in the subway. Um, and also the, the hell hospital. Um, and it seems like every time he dies in, in one world, he wakes up in another. Um, so as I said, in the beginning of the movie, when he gets stabbed in Vietnam, he wakes up on the subway, which is his present with Jezebel. Um, so it seems like he's has absolutely no idea what's going on. We as the audience have no idea what's going on. Um, so a lot of the audiences believe it was just in his mind. Um, and that it was that 24-hour period from when he got stabbed to when he died in the Vietnam hospital. Um but the thing is, when you go into the world of him and Jezebel, there are things in that world that suggest that it's 1972, um... There's a couple things that were pointed out that there was a Nixon button. Um, and there's also, we also know that Vietnam was in 1971 because in the beginning of the movie, it said April, I'm sorry, it said um, October 6th, 1971. So it's strange that there are things that happened um, in 1972 that are represented in this movie. And it's kind of like, well, how would he have known that, you know, Nixon was going to be the, the Nixon button or Nixon was going to be running for president if he died in 1971. Um, so this whole movie is totally up to your own interpretation. Um, so there's definitely clues that, um, <laughs> That it was 1972 in his world just belt. But then again, it, it could just be purgatory. It could be things like that. We're not, not exactly sure. Um, there's also the really big military conspiracy theory with the chemist um, saying he created this whole demon universe thing and the infamous deleted scene of the chemist giving Jacob the antidote. Um, and then we also get the short explanation of how the hallucinogenic jug uh, BZ was administered to soldiers during Vietnam, uh, the Vietnam War, but the government denied the whole story. Um so I find that interesting um, because I, I don't get more in, into that um, because I actually talked to a couple people who are in the military because I wanted to know what their take was on it. So we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit. So I really want to focus now on um, 
the Hell Hospital scene, which is, uh, which most reminds me of Silent Hill, which also was the most disturbing part of the entire film, um, because we have the iconic twitchers where their faces go really, really fast. Kind of reminded me, I believe, a little bit of Hellraiser. I think they had the twitchers in Hellraiser too, or something similar. I don't know if they were called that. Um, or if I'm mixing them up, or if they're called Twitchers in uh, Hellraiser, um, and I'm just using the same terminology for Jacob Slaughter. Um, but those things creep the hell out of me. Um, the doctor who didn't have any eyes, also very creepy when he gets the kind of the, <laughs> when he's getting the thing screwed into the side of his head, and then he gets the, um, <laughs> he gets the needle into the forehead, which, um, is also a pretty iconic scene if you know if you've ever seen Jacob Slatter's ladder and you see that then you then you know what you're about to watch. Um, so the director wanted the demons in this scene to represent humans, but disfigured and distorted ones. Um, so as I said, we have the Twitchers, the Doctor with no eyes. Um, uh, another side note, everything was actually filmed right on the set, which I think helps the actors really hone in on their skills because it makes them more believable. Um, one uh, video I was watching made it a point that a lot of these animatronic kind of CGI things put the creatures and the demons in post-production, which doesn't make it as scary because, and of course, people can act, people can hone in onto their acting skills and really figure out, like, and really, really, you know, delve deep into the senses and really, you know, freak themselves out, so to speak. Um and be able to to master, but I, I believe the fear, the primal fear, and that instinct that we have as humans to survive is really ignited when we see things in real life. So, for example, um, if they were filming Halloween and they didn't have the actor with the Michael's My Michael Myers mask on, and it was kind of just they were CGI it in, it's probably not as scary. So I know for me, like if I'm acting, I'm not an actress whatsoever, but I'm just saying in general, if I were to be acting <laughs> um, and I had to pretend that Michael Myers was standing in front of me, um, I would obviously be scared. But if the actual Michael Myers was standing in front of me, like the actor with the mask on and everything and the knife in his hand and he's behind me and he's stalking me and everything, that's a thousand times scarier than something that's CGI'd in. So I think that was a good, um, and also during the time of this movie, I don't know how much post-production they could have done, uh, just because the technology wasn't as advanced as it is now. Um, but I mean, overall, I'm pretty sure that I'd rather have my masked villain or my creepy eyeballs coming through the ceiling or, you know, my weird demented faces in the subway and, um, you know, the weird faces that are in the cars when it when it passes him I feel like I'd rather hop all that for the actor to really hone in really scare the shit out of themselves um so then we have um I mean what do you guys think like this movie is totally up for interpretation uh I don't believe there was ever anything that was actually explained yes we do have him waking up in Vietnam or I'm sorry we do have him dying in Vietnam but I mean, I honestly believe he was stabbed during the war, and in the 24 hours, he's trying to fight for his life. These significant memories are flashing in and out of his mind. Um, so we, we also, we just have no idea what it's, 
um, in the afterlight for any of us. Uh, yes, we have religions and ideas that, that might be able to give us the answer, but nobody actually knows because people don't come back from the dead to tell us where they went. There are some people, I know that there's always like those one or two people once a year or like something. Um, I remember that little boy died or something a couple years ago and he said he saw Jesus. Um, but like how much of that do we know is actually real? Because we just, we just don't know as humans. We don't know because we don't know what it's like to die and come back to life yet. <laughs> I mean, there are there are millions of, of technological advances made every single day, but for the most part, there's no clear-cut answer onto what's on the other side kind of thing. Um, you know, we have these people, the mediums and these psychics who can tell us, but everybody, everybody's religion is different. Um, I was raised as a Roman Catholic, so I was taught that when we die, we go to heaven, hell, or we go to purgatory. Our soul is not ours. Um, so we cannot control what happens when we die. We can't stay here. Um, so that's why, which brings me into another part of everything. Like why, oh God, I hope you guys don't get mad at me. Why I don't really believe that there are ghosts. I know there are ghosts. Or I know that there are other forces on this, on this earth besides us. But I believe that anything that is not human um, is considered demonic. And the reason I say this is because our soul is not ours. I believe that our soul is God's and it goes to either heaven or hell or purgatory, depending on things that are going on that happened in our lives kind of thing and how we died. I do not believe that we have the choice to stay on this earth. Um, but I mean, that's a completely different podcast for a whole nother time on why I believe that. I just believe that when people go to mediums and, and you know, it says like, oh, your grandmother's coming through. I, it's not your fucking grandmother. It's, it's a fucking demon trying to make you vulnerable and trying to possess you because demons are the devil's, you know, workers and the devil fucking hates humans. So like, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, I, I just don't believe in any of that stuff. And it's completely, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my religion. That's how I was raised. So, um, so moving on, because <laughs> I don't want to talk about religion because it sparks something huge. Um, I think the drug BZ actually intensified the effects of his death sequence too. And I did talk to a few military personnel, but they neither confirmed or denied the BZ uh, experiment. So I thought that was interesting. One of my coworkers on my job is actually, he was in the army for a long time. And I asked him about it. Well, first of all, he'd never seen Jacob's letter. So I didn't ask him about the movie but he did ask him about the vietnam soldiers who were basically given this drug and and hallucinated and started killing each other um and he said well i'm sure they were given the drug so that they could um kill you know the enemies and then i was like well no they they apparently they turned on each other and killed each other and he was just like i don't i don't think so and then i was like well can you confirm that this is something that the military does and he was like well i didn't fight in D vietnam and i was like no 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 i mean like in general like does the military does the government give military personnel experimental drugs to see what happens to them and he didn't really say anything but he so like i said he didn't confirm or deny the other people i talked to were like no that's not true that didn't happen kind of thing um so i just thought that was something i wanted to throw in there a little bit um so so overall i did enjoy this movie um it 
stuck with me for a little bit, but definitely didn't stick with me as much as Requiem for a Dream did. Both these movies definitely made me sad, though, um, as Black Swan did, too. <laughs> um, none of these movies have happy endings. <laughs> I mean, I think I mentioned how, like, a lot of horror movies don't particularly have happy endings, but I'm also not resonating with the characters. I mean, in Black Swan... I felt bad for Nina. Um, in Requiem for a Dream, I felt bad for Sarah. In this movie, I feel bad for Jacob. Now, this technically, I guess, did have a happy ending because he did relinquish all of his material things and his he kind of let go of his guilt and he just let his path happen. <laughs> um, and he was able to go to heaven with Gabe, um, his son. But it's also just... <laughs> there's so many different elements of this movie that... that make me are extremely, you know, terrible because we have, um, a lot of, we have a lot of, I know a lot of soldiers and and military personnel deal with PTSD and there's horror stories about how the United States does not take care of, um, you know, veterans when they come home from war because war really fucks people up and it changes their whole lives. And my dad was actually in the military, and he doesn't really talk about the military at all. He doesn't talk about the time that he was in it. I, I don't think he was... I, I honestly can't remember how long he was in it for. I was very young. I was I was an infant. Um, but it, I, I really think that veterans don't, especially if they went to war. My dad fought in um, Desert Storm. Um, so I really feel like that I feel I feel that military personnel who actually go to war and see people fucking get blown up and die it they don't talk about it that often um and there's no care for them back home I know that they have the wounded warrior project which which helps a lot of the 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 veterans who were hurt, um, you know, um, who have disabilities now, but there's a lot of, um, veterans and there's a lot of, a lot of military that, that, that didn't get hurt, but they physically hurt, but mentally and emotionally, they are fucked up. And unfortunately, a lot of them use, you know, alcohol or drugs, even, even, I even want to delve into even, you know, law enforcement, the same thing. Um, you know, law enforcement personnel see a lot of crazy fucked up shit too. Um, just imagine like all, all the things that they see, uh, domestic child abuse, um, you know, people, dead people, things like that, murders, homicides, um, and a lot of law enforcement personnel, not every single one of them, guys. This is this. I'm just talking like a, a part of the population. Not every single cop you come into is going to be like this. But a lot of them use alcohol to deal with the, the with some of the things that they that they deal with. You know, some of the things that they see and therapy is actually frowned upon and kind of. I mean, maybe it's not so much of a taboo anymore between law enforcement personnel, but I know back when I, because I, I was going to be a police officer nine years ago, um, I was talking to a friend of mine and she said, you know, you definitely have to make sure you invest in therapy because you're going to see a lot of fucked up shit. And she actually is a therapist and she's had law enforcement personnel come to her and literally just pay her cash because they don't want the law enforcement, um, you know, their 
their cities knowing that they're going to therapy because it kind of makes them look like a pussy. So, I mean, it's completely on a different tangent, but I'm just saying like that the care of our veterans is super fucked up. And obviously if he did not die, if Jacob didn't die in Vietnam, then he came back. He had a shit ton of PTSD. I mean, he was seeing things that weren't there. He was having flashbacks to Vietnam, which I know happens to, um, you know, people that were in the military, they could be just driving their car and they drive over a pothole and they think it's a car bomb or they think it's, you know, it's a, it's a landmine and, you know, they get triggered. And so I think this movie really delves into a lot of things. Um, I mean, and also we have the government conspiracies um, of the drug. We also have guilt. Guilt is probably the hardest human emotion to deal with. I actually um, dealt with a lot of guilt for small things in my life. Every single day, small things in my life that that I had to work very hard at trying to let go of. Um, Now, thankfully... I am in therapy, and I never judge anybody that's in therapy. Um, Guilt is such, it's probably one of the hardest human emotions to deal with because the amount of guilt that people put on themselves, especially a parent who loses a child, like the guilt, you have so much guilt in your life. And there's so many different ways that people deal with it negatively and positively. Um, so it could have even been, I mean, he went to, he lost his son, Jacob lost Gabe right before he went to Vietnam. Maybe it triggered something in his head. And when he went there, um, you know, he was administered this drug and he was killed. And then because of all these guilt-ridden thoughts he had before he died, pushed him into this crazy world and, you know, this world of purgatory. Um, he was caught between heaven and hell. And then when he finally let go of his guilt with his son, that's why Gabe was the one who met him at the top of the stairs. So there's so many different ways to look at this movie. Um, and, you know, I didn't want to get too, too deep into this movie because I know that if the, sometimes when it comes to things, when you, when you delve deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into a movie, especially a movie like Jacob's Ladder, you, you, you'll be stuck there for days. It'll be like a loop. Um, so I didn't want to get too, too deep into it. I already have, <laughs> I've already gone on like seven tangents, but I mean, I, I hope I want to think that it all kind of makes sense and it all correlates back to the to the central idea of the movie. Um, would I suggest this movie? Absolutely. Um, am I going to watch this film again? Mm, <laughs> maybe. Um, I think I wrote to somebody on Twitter the other day. I said, um, I will re-watch Requiem for a Dream only if somebody that I'm watching with has not seen it yet. And only if they really, really wanted to see it. Like my sister, she really wants to see Brooklyn for a dream. So I was like, all right, I'll watch it with you. Um, you know, same with Jacob's Ladder. I I don't think I would personally sit down in front of my TV in my apartment by myself and be like, okay, like, what do I want to watch today? Oh, okay. I, I feel like a feel-good movie. Now I'm going to put Jacob's Ladder on. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Um, do I suggest seeing this movie? 
Absolutely. Uh, it'll really make you think. It'll really... I, I'm always curious to see how people interpret this movie. So, what are your thoughts and opinions on Jacob's Ladder? Do you like this movie? Do you not like it? What do you feel about it? What is your honest and horrific opinion on Jacob's Ladder? Um, so, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Horror Nights and Podcast with me, Crystal. Please remember to follow my podcast on whatever app you use. And if you could please rate Horror Nights and Podcast 5 out of 5 out of, uh, five out of 5 on iTunes. And leave me a comment, too. Um, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's easier for other people to find my show if you guys um, draw me a comment and a a like. Um, I'm actually going to check on my uh, podcast right now and see if we have any new reviews. Who knows? I don't know. I haven't looked in a minute. I'm currently listening to Civil Gore podcast. Um... How do I not know how to work my phone right now? Apparently, I don't know how to... Oh, there I am. Damn, 35 episodes. Uh, Oh, I got one. Um, This one... Whoa. Um, This one um, is from 30... Anthem Dave, um, he left this for me on Sunday, and it says, Howling for Horror Nights In. There are a lot of horror podcasts out there, and while many are good, there are way more bad ones. Horror Nights In is definitely one of the better ones, in my horrific opinion. See what I did there? <laughs> I look forward to listening every week. While most horror pods, like my own, haha, rely on multiple co-hosts rifting off of each other, Crystal... Uh, definitely pulls off a fun, engaging, informative, unpretentious, and often funny podcast all by herself. <laughs> she occasionally has co-hosts, but for the most part, it's a one-woman show. She knows a lot about horror movies, but isn't shy about admitting when she doesn't know something, which is refreshing. Lots of podcasts just fake their way through, but Crystal keeps herself down to earth. She also shares personal experience, which further adds to her authenticity. The general format is that she reviews different movies, sometimes two every week, walking through the plot characters and offering her take she puts a unique twist on it and by often sticking with a particular theme across multiple episodes it's a really fun show check it out oh my god that was such a nice review i'm dying i wish that i had done this in the beginning of the show oh my god thank you so much 30 fathom dave i wish i knew who you were so that i could freaking give you a fucking shout out on twitter that's amazing oh my god that's literally so fucking nice this obviously this is my general reaction guys because um i didn't know that i was gonna have a new review oh my god that's so awesome i'm literally smiling sorry i had to just take a screenshot so i can send it to every single person i know (laughs) um so, oh my god, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I wish I had known about it. I would have put it in the beginning of the freaking show. I'm definitely going to give you a shout out um, in the show notes for sure. So thank you so much. It literally made my whole day. Thank you so much. This is why I do it, guys. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to be it. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely give me a... Sh- give me a um, Oh my goodness, let me get my words. I'm so happy. Let me, um, give me a, you know, comment and some readings on iTunes and I'll shout you out definitely because that was really freaking sweet. Um, so yeah, I will, um, chat with you guys soon. Um, there may or may not be a surprise episode on Sunday, so keep your ears and your leprechauns open. I don't know what the hell that meant, but, um, all right guys, I will chat with you soon for another episode of Horror Nights In Podcast. Bye guys.